ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. On today's episode, we're continuing our Respectable Sins Bible study. Um, This episode brings us into talking about the respectable sin of judgmentalism. So if you're just jumping into this study, let me give a quick little recap. So we kind of got this study out of the book, Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges. I read this, and as I read this, God used the truth and the scriptures presented in this book to really convict my heart about some sins that I had in my life that I had ignored because, oh, well, at least I wasn't doing that. And that's what this idea of respectable sins comes from. In a really depraved culture that we live in now, we tend to justify some of these things like gossip, envy, pride as, well, those aren't such a big deal because at least I'm not doing what that person is doing. Insert judgmentalism, um, sneak peek for the later parts of the episode. Um, But, you know, in that idea, that's where we come with this idea of respectable sins. And I have heard so many ladies and myself included as we come to these things, we might initially think, oh, well, I don't really struggle with that one. But as we get into God's word, as the mirror of God's word illuminates his truth and shows our utter darkness, we realize, oh, wow, this is rooted in my heart. And if I am going to pursue Christ's likeness, I have a responsibility now to root it out of my life. We have taken the verse, Psalm 119, 133, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. And that's really the prayer of this study. God, as we dig into your scripture, order our steps in your word. Let not any iniquity, nothing, none of these things that we're studying through or anything beyond that, don't let that have dominion, control, power, ruling force in my life. Don't let me be defined by these respectable sins. So we're going to jump in today talking about judgmentalism. And this this is an issue. This is a big one that I feel like, um, especially within church dumb, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't know if that is a word, church dumb. Um, It's one that we tend to struggle with. You know, oh, well, I'm better than so-and-so. And And just this judgmentalism, this casting um, others down in our minds as we seek to elevate ourselves. Um, in, In the book, Jerry Bridges says, the sin of judgmentalism is one of the most subtle of our respectable sins because it is often practiced under the guise of being zealous for what's right. We equate our opinions with truth. And and I do think that is the tricky thing with judgmentalism. We come across as this holier than thou. Really, the Pharisees are a wonderful picture of judgmentalism. In their piety, in their pride, really, um, as they said, oh, well, look how we do it. You know, thankfully, I'm not like that sinner there praying like that. I'm coming with all my flowery language and all my alms and my gifts, Um you know, there there's many sins in the heart that come from that. I mean, we mentioned pride, but, but this judgmentalism, like I said, casting down someone else to elevate ourselves. And, and we are guilty of that. And it's not often something that we come out and say, like, 
you know, oh yes, I'm judgmental or, well, I'm going to be judgmental and, you know, judge this person. But in our actions, in our speech, and even the way that we treat people, um, we see, we can see that this is a sin that we struggle with. Um, you know, as we look at, as we study the Bible, you know, where God is clear, be clear. But, you know, where God is vague, we cannot assert that beyond what God has. Now, now let me clarify this. So, you know, Simeon and I, when we got married, we had to realize that there is a difference between convictions and between standards. Now, both of those things are deeply rooted in God's word and in our personal relationship with the Lord. Um, but there are some clear cut things that from what we believe of scripture that we believe is in a conviction. And again, some people may vary with us on that, you know, and that's between you and the Lord. Um, for example, we believe that Christians should not drink alcohol. We have strong convictions for that. We have Bible to back that up. We believe that the Bible is very clear on that. Again, you might not agree with me. And, you know, that's between you and the Lord and the illumination that God gives you of his word. But but that is a conviction that we hold to. We believe that strongly. Um, but then there are some standard things that we, God gives principles for. Um, but we've had to realize, okay, this isn't clearly a yes or a no in scripture. And those tend to be the gray areas. Those tend to be this, this more sticky things. It's easy to say, oh, well, God's word clearly says, you know, abortion is a huge one in our world right now. I have a strong biblical conviction that life begins at conception. I can take you to scripture and no, nothing that you say is going to convince me otherwise. I believe that that baby is a human being and that it has a right to life and I need to keep going or I'm going to totally get on that tangent because it's something that I'm passionate about. But bringing it back to judgmentalism, that's a conviction that I believe is clear in God's word. But then we have some of these things as standards. And, and this is where Simeon and I came to. Um, when we started having a family, we both grew up in a Christian home, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the convictions and for the standards that our parents had, whether those are things that we've held to or things that we've changed a little bit or things that maybe we've even gotten stronger on. Um, but we had to come to realize as we are thinking through how are we going to teach our children, we had to just accept that some of these things are standards based on principles, not based on a clear cut and dry, this is what the Bible says. And I think that gray area sometimes can be where we get into problems with this judgmentalism because, hey, I think that modesty means this, this, and this. And because you don't line up with me on my standard, then I'm going to judge you. And in so many areas of life, you know, there's always going to be people that are more or less than we are. But you know what? It's not between me and you. It's not between me and some other person. It's between me and God and my walk with him. Therefore, I have no right to judge anyone else because, again, it's between God and their relationship with him. You know, I tell, I tell my toddlers all the time, you have a big enough job looking after yourself. You don't really need to be worrying about everybody else, tattling on everybody else, comparing yourself to everybody else. You take care of you. And that's a full-time job. And, and I thought of that as, as, as I was studying through this. We need that reminder. You know what? I have enough 
issues and sins and things in my own life that I need to deal with. I have no place judging anybody else on their faults and failures because what the Bible talks about, you know, don't try to get the little thing out of someone else's eye when you have a moat in your own. Deal with yourself. Do not give in to the sin of judgmentalism. Sherry Bridges also writes, he says, that's what we're doing when we judge others whose preferences and practices are different from ours. We are arrogating ourselves to a role God has reserved for himself. The seriousness of the sin of judgmentalism is not so much that I judge my brother as that in so doing, I assume the role of God. God is the judge, not us. That is his place. And when we judge others, we are usurping that role. In Matthew, uh, Matthew 7, God says, judge not that ye be not judged. Luke 6, 37 says, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. John 7, 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. James 4, 11 and 12, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. James 4.12, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Romans, Ephesians, I mean, I'm just looking through. I have a list of passages where God says, don't judge, I'm the judge. Don't judge, I'm the judge. I do want to bring out this verse in Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And I think that verse is so important, whether you're talking about judgmentalism or anything that deals with the tongue. We must guard our tongues. David prays, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. We've got to be careful. This little member, this tongue, can get us into so much trouble. We need to guard our tongue, and we need to purpose that the things that come out of our mouth are only going to be good to the use of edifying. Philippians one twenty seven. I have this verse put up on my wall because I need its reminder so often. It says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. And ladies, my heart breaks as I take that verse and put it with this idea of judgmentalism because we tend to be so consumed as Christians with with judging one another, with you know recovering from those who have judged us instead of focusing on the gospel. And what does all of this, what is all of this judgmentalism? What is all of this corrupt communication proceeding out of the mouth? What does that accomplish? It does not accomplish the furtherance of the gospel. If anything, it, it takes from the beauty of the gospel. It takes from the attractiveness of the gospel. It, it brings a lost person to see that and think, I don't want that. I don't want that mess. I don't, I don't need to be judged by somebody else. And, and it, it, misses the opportunity that we could have to have an influence in somebody's life for good, for God, for the gospel's sake. And I feel like that is just a place where we have to be so careful that that we are emanating God, that we are being Christ-like in every area of our lives and letting him be God, let God be God, and let us be the ones that are, are that are working on our own selves, that are taking care of our own selves. You know, there are times, though, where a judgment call it needs to be made. You know, we're parents dealing with our children. 
we can be we can be, have some judging with them. We can say, "Hey, what you're doing does not line up with scripture and we need to change that." Um, you know, in ministry opportunities and counseling opportunities with friends, sometimes you have to intervene. Um, but the importance here is that when when we approach that that we're agreeing with the word of God. It is the Bible that is doing the judging, not ourselves, not my opinion, not my preference. It is Bible. I am coming to you. This is what God's word says. Like, okay, I'm thinking with my children. You know, I need to come to them with the Bible and say, this is what God's word says. This is an issue that I see in, in our home, in your heart, and we need to realign ourselves to God. I'm not trying to cast them down. I'm not trying to judge them. I'm not trying to elevate myself above them. I'm just saying, hey, look. We need to agree with what God's word says here, and we need to stick to the Bible. The author goes on to address several different things in here. I do want to clarify it. I mentioned this earlier, my stance personally on um, alcohol. He has a different stance that he presents in here. And while I do claim mine is conviction, um, he also claims his is conviction. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge. I am not going to be swayed from my opinion. Um, but he's entitled to his own opinion. Um, but I did want to clarify, as since I have recommended this book, that I do not agree on the stance that he takes on the alcohol position. Um, that really leads us into, as he kind of talks about some different things, he talks about some doctrinal judgment things. And, you know, again, this is another area where we get really bogged down. And when it comes to salvation, to the gospel, those are non-negotiable, like, this is what God's word says, and we're going to stick to it. But again, there's some of these preferences, some of these standard things, and there's even some things that we claim as uh, to his doctrine that we hold to his doctrine, but that God isn't super clear on. For example, in the book of Revelation, um, we have a lot of details. We have a lot of things, but you know, God doesn't say exactly when the tribulation is going to happen or when the rapture is going to happen. Now we can take from studying the whole context of scripture, gleaning from it all, mining out those truths. We have come to doctrinal stances, but you know what? There are some things that I might be wrong on, you might be wrong on, and that we don't have to be so divisive. I think that's where all of this comes to with judgmentalism, is with fellow believers, with other people that we should have unity with, that we should have peace and fellowship with. We have allowed divisiveness to creep in because we have these judgmental attitudes and, you know, some, there are some things that it, it's healthy to debate through, to listen. Okay, well, what's your position on this? What's my position on this? Um, for example, Simeon recently has done a very deep dive into the King James Version of the Bible. That is a conviction that we held to. That was really something that our parents and our churches before us held to. So when we came to it, he was like, I'm going to study this out and I'm going to see what I believe. And as he did extensive study, he came away with the same conviction we had before, which is that the King James Version is the closest version to the original texts. But he was willing to hear the debates of people who didn't agree with him. And you know what? Even though he's still, some of his pastor friends, though he still comes to them and say, hey, we're going to agree to disagree on this one, that doesn't mean that we completely have to excommunicate fellowship that we can't get along because we have a differing opinion in this area. And I think that is the important thing. Debate's okay. We can hear each other out. We can we can study. We can glean these things and compare. 
Um, but you know, we, we all are going to come to our own conclusions and, and that's okay. We have that independent, that individual soul liberty between us and God to make that choice, but it is not okay to demonize somebody to be like, well, you have a different opinion than me. So you are going to be over here and I'm going to be over there and we're not going to mingle. That is a, that is a judgmental heart. And that is not a heart that glorifies the Lord. Another thing the author brings our attention to is a critical spirit. He says, most of us can slip into the sin of judgmentalism from time to time, but there are those among us who practice it continually. These people have what I call a critical spirit. They look for and find fault with everyone and everything. So this is like a continual fault finder. Um, and, and, you know, he goes on to say that it takes seven compliments to undo the effects of one's credit of one criticism. Now, I don't know if that ratio is actually true, but I do know it, it is important to, to be careful that we do not have this negative critical spirit that we are not always fault finding. And as I was reading that, and he mentioned it too, I think the area that we struggle with this the most is actually within the walls of our home. Um, and probably even more so with our spouse than with our children. How many times have I been guilty of, I could quickly list Simeon's faults, but does it take me longer to sit and list his positive attributes? I mean, there are times where, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a long list of things that frustrate me and that I could be critical about and frustrated about, but, but that's showing my judgmental heart. That's showing my critical spirit. It should be the other way. If we are seeking to emanate Christ, it should not be that way. We need to watch that we aren't continually fault-finding, that we aren't always dwelling on the negative and on the critical. But again, back to that verse in Ephesians, that we are building up that which is good to the use of edifying. As we wrap up this episode, I I love what he said at the end of this chapter. And I think it's just really good to end on this note, is that we need to hold, um, hold to what we believe with humility. You know, whether we think we're right, whether we are right or not, we need to have humility in that. And again, we need to just focus on our relationship with Christ, our response to what he is showing us from his word. And you know, right there, I'm so convicted. This wasn't in my notes. This is totally just the Holy Spirit pressing his thumb on my heart. How often am I judgmental about someone else's interpretation of scripture when I am not even spending the time that I should in my Bible? How can I judge somebody based on what what they think that their, uh, again, their interpretation of what they're reading when I'm not even reading? And I, we can all be so guilty of that. We all need to be in God's word so much more than what we are. We need to be putting in the due diligence, putting in the work to glean from the scriptures, to have that relationship with Christ, to have that intimacy with Christ, to look into that mirror of his word and to allow him to teach us, to allow him to put the convictions and the standards and the things on our hearts that we believe is going to bring him most glory. Um, because that, that's why we have these convictions and standards anyways. It isn't so that, oh, Brittany Brazel can be put on this pedestal and everybody look at her and think, oh, what a great Christian. No, no. The reason that we have these standards and these convictions, the reason that we hold two things is because we want to be like our Lord. We want to bring him glory and he is glorified when we are righteous, when we are obedient. And it is in that obedience and that righteousness that we have to know his word and we have to walk in it. 
And part of his word says, judge not, lest ye be judged. His word says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of that brother's, thy brother's eye. I think I quoted that verse wrong earlier with the mote and the beam. Um, but... We need to we need to get God's heart, and we need to let other people there. We've talked about this so many times. This sanctification walk, this sanctification journey. We need to give people space to grow. We need to give people space to come to their own convictions, come to their own standards with Christ. And and oftentimes that it does give us opportunity to have influence. Right now, I am having influence on you as listener. And I hope that that influence is always stewarded well. It is such a weighty responsibility on me to have this platform. I only want to point people to Christ. I pray that nothing that I say would ever do anything to not point you to Christ, to not point you to the truth of God's word. But but there are times where, like I said, it's not judgmental to come to somebody with scripture and say, hey, let's study this out together. Let's look at this because I think maybe you're wrong in this area or I think I'm wrong in this area. We need to figure out what God's word says. Simeon and I have done that time and time again without having this critical spirit with each other, without saying you're doing this wrong and you know you need to change, but let's learn. How can we learn and become more like our Lord? There is a place for that. There is a place for growth. There is a place for this judging of oneself, of, of helping others. But as far as this critical cast down spirit, again, it all comes back to me when you're putting someone down to elevate yourself, whether it's in your own mind and heart or in the hearts and minds of others, that's where we have a problem. That's where we're not being Christ-like and that's where we need to change. So ladies, once again, it rakes us over the coals as we continue to go through this study, Um, but it has been so helpful to my life. Um, It's been convicting and conviction isn't always fun, but it reminds me that I have the Holy Spirit within me who is trying to form me more into the image of Christ. And I'm thankful for that, even if it hurts. So let me close out this episode in prayer and I will join you next time. Father, I thank you so much for your word, for your truth, and for the Holy Spirit who illuminates that in our heart. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us as we think about this area of judgmentalism. If it is in our hearts at all, Lord, just root it out and just toss it aside. May it not be something that we cling to. May it not be something that we're defined by. Lord, I pray that in our thoughts, in our heart, which spills over into our actions and into our words, that we will say things that are good to the use of edifying, that we will not allow this corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouths, that we will demonstrate the beauty of the gospel in all that we say, think, or do so that we can spread the gospel to other people. May we do nothing to hinder your message from getting into the hearts of the lost of those who need it, Lord pray that you'll just continue to form us into your image, that you'll order our steps in in your word, and that you'll not let any iniquity have dominion over us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.